everyone. It's me, Dr. Z, and we're here for another episode of It's Me, Dr. Z. And I'm JB, still not a doctor, and excited to talk to you today, Dr. Z. And we got a lot of recommendations uh, for what we're going to talk about today. Tell us about that. We do. So we, well, I, and then to you. The royal wheeze. The royal wheeze. Uses. Uh, uses. <laughs> wheezes. Wheezes have gotten um, a lot of recommendations about a book called I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy. And strong title, by the way. Very strong, strong title. title. And the interesting thing is when I have people that recommended me this book, my response is, here we go. Because I know that people are going to hear that and say, that's the most horrific thing I've ever heard, but it's your mom. Yeah. And so we are going to dive into the whole concept because we've been getting a lot of questions over the last, I'd say since we started last season, mm -hmm. can you do more on narcissistic parents? And it's from the adult children asking me, can you do more about narcissistic parents? I've been listening to your podcast. I think my mom's a narcissist. It makes sense now. I think my dad's a narcissist. It makes sense now. Can you talk more about that? So um, that's what we're going to do. I'm so glad that we are because every time that we do, and we touched on this in season one a little bit, kind of like basically just on the surface to get a basic understanding of it. So always feel free to go back. But that's what it's just telling Dr. Z. Like I'm always going to learn something new even if it might be the same conversation because there's so much to evaluate or, you know, understand what we're responding to in a lot of these things. Like, it's just honest, honest. You and I were just talking about it and doing some prep work here, and it kind of started triggering some things of like, huh, I might have to talk about that to somebody in my family because I didn't realize that that was a pattern of narcissism mm -hmm. and opens up conversations. So It peels back the the layer, the onion, the, the narcissistic extremely <laughs> tough difficult layers of the narcissistic <laughs> onion. Absolutely. So, thank you. I want to say thank you to you uh to everyone listening because I really want to read this book now. Uh and I I do think, you know, just like you said people having that whoa. Yeah. It's it's your mother or whatever, yeah. but if you knew that you have a narcissistic parent or whatever it is in your life, um, you will understand that feeling the moment that you hear that title. That's right. If you have a reaction of, oh, mm. you know, and you kind of feel this weird guilt, shame, relatability. And when I say, I'm glad, I'm not that people want their parents to die, right? No. It's just, this, it's this understanding of, um, I understand what that means on some level. If that's your response to this, you need to listen to this episode. And if your response is one of, that's horrific. Your mother gave you life. She loved you. It's your mother. Then you also need to listen to this episode right. because you need to understand where this is coming from. And there might be, you know, some strong feelings and takes when you listen to this. Yep. And that is totally OK. Yep. That is That's what trying we want. to understand and, you know, appreciate everyone's, uh, you know, and where they're coming from in this, because there's a lot to there's a lot to think about when we're talking about this stuff. Um, and I'll just say I know that there is. I've had lots of conversations specifically about, you know, having that awkward feeling like there there are times and I will even say to those that are very hesitant on on w the road we're about to go down to, I would say you are extremely lucky and you came from an mm -hmm. incredibly great background and have fantastic parents and I want you to call them tonight and tell them that mm -hmm. and kiss them and hug them the next mm -hmm. time because there are a lot of people in my life that I've seen sure. deal with this stuff in particular. And uh, I would say I understand that feeling so much that I'm like, yes, mm -hmm. it, not every mother and father deserves the love from the child. Right. None. You know, if, if 
if it gets to that point. And one of the things I always say, too, is that, you know, no child, and I say this to my patients, too, and no child ever asks for this, right? No child ever asks for this. And when people say, but it's your mother, right, or but it's your father, what I tell them to say back is, correct, Mm -hmm. and I'm their daughter, or correct, and I'm their son. Because it it kind of flips things around a little bit because no child asks for this upbringing. Um, They don't get to pick it, but yet they have to live it and then they have to deal with the trauma after the fact. And so um, you don't, don't yell at me. You don't owe. Yell at me though. Yell at John. You don't owe your parents your unconditional love if you were never protected or unconditionally loved yourself you don't you know you didn't ask for that type of upbringing and so i really stand by that and i think that it's really validating for people to hear that because it takes a lot of pressure and shame and guilt off of their shoulders when they realize i'm allowed to feel like this yeah you're damn right you're allowed to feel like this you can feel it however you want you can also disagree with all you know what i'm saying you, you you're entitled to your feelings so for people that hear that title and on some level get it and then it's accompanied by this feeling of wow am i a terrible person you're not. You're not a terrible person. Period. And again, I think in some ways, uh, when you when you always say, like if you're asking if you're a narcissist, you're not a narcissist. Correct. And if you're asking that if I'm a terrible person, you're, you're not. not a terrible person because you're trying to make yourself self-aware mm-hmm. for a moment. And also think about what's had to happen in your lifetime for this statement to feel a little bit of relief like imagine for a second what it takes for a child an adult child to feel this way like how upsetting for them that that's the thought they have of their parents like that's you know what i'm saying like that that is it's heartbreaking you were robbed of a lot right so yeah so that that's so before uh, yes so i think feel like that was like our big like by the way, before we get into this, yes, this, is, this is where we stand. This and it's is, important to say, very much so. Yes, this is heavy stuff. So um, I'm sure we'll break it up with our ridiculousness, yeah. but because it's heavy stuff. Very much heavy. Yes. And I think um, a focal point when we do talk about parents is, you know, in the, the male, the, the father and all that. And certainly do want to talk about that. However, I, I don't think a lot of us, especially me, understand how deep I think it can be from the mother's side mm-hmm. when it is the narcissist. And, uh, you know, I think it took me a while to understand uh, some of my friends and, you know, through that kind of, <laughs> there's a lot of differences between parents sure. and things like that. Um, so how, how does that look like again uh, through, you know, a, a mother that is narcissistic? How do we... Re- start to recognize those things just as a quick uh, rebrief on that. Yeah, so a mom that is a narcissist will often view her children, particularly a daughter, as extensions of themselves. So any push towards autonomy from the child will be viewed by the parent, the mom, as abandonment, as disrespectful, as rude, inconsiderate. How dare you do this to me? I gave you life. I cared for you. I loved you. No one's going to love you like me. And you're leaving me to go to California for college. How dare you? Um, you know, or you know, you're you're moving in with your boyfriends. You're you're going to leave me. You don't love me enough. 
rather than the flip side of that of saying, you know, I always say this, and I, even and as a parent, you're probably going to get a little physically sick when I say this too, but you raise your children. I'm like, oh, you raise your children to be able to leave you. Mm. Gross. Right, correct. Except for my son. He can. I told him he can go to Penn and live in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> you stay here till you're 35. Just kidding. To, yeah. Not really. But kidding. <laughs> no, but, um, you know, we raise our children to be able to leave us. We mm. want them to be autonomous. We want them to be independent thinkers. Yeah, we love when they have qualities of us, but we, we value them being independent little people. And we, you know, eventually want them to get to the point where when they leave us, they're able to survive in the world. And we hope that what we taught them makes them good people. And if they fall on their ass a couple times, we hope they have the ability to pick themselves up, regroup and move forward. Mm-hmm. Not how dare you leave me? Don't you love me? There's a big difference. One has to do with outwardly. Yeah, it sucks, but you're aware of that and you don't view it as abandonment of you. You view it as a reflection of, shit, I did a good job. My kid's able to be out in the world. Mm -hmm. Good for him. Good for her. The alternative is if you what the message they're getting is if you left me, then you didn't love me. If you leave me, then I'm not going to be okay, and it's going to be your fault. And so that child then feels shame, feels guilt. It affects their marriage. It affects their relationship with their significant other. It affects their their friendships, their job, their their ability to think independently, their ability to think independently without fear of repercussion. So you have this mom narcissist and you have this daughter who in the, the mom's eyes is a mini version of her. You want her to be, you know, a professional field hockey player because you played that that's all she's going to do you want her to play piano because that's what you did and you then she's going to do that too it doesn't matter what she wants and in fact you may even well she she never says anything else well of course she doesn't because if she voices her opinion to you that's horrible and bad and you'll withhold attention and affection so that's what mom narcissists tend to do if you don't agree with them if you don't do what they want if you don't balance those eggshells very delicately when you walk you're going to get punished. And what punished looks like is I'm going to ignore you, that silent treatment we talked about with narcissists. I'm going to favor the other child. I'm going to talk about how wonderful so-and-so's daughter is and how you suck. Um, so it's it's a really delicate balance. And the problem is there's so much shame and guilt that you don't realize that it's happening. Because you're just trying to... You're just trying to survive. People, please. You're yes. just trying to be like, hey, I, you know, I just want my day to be fine whatever yep. that kind of looks like in in yep. in my eyes and I, I, this might be anecdotal evidence or not but like typically do narcissistic women parents in general try to is there like a they want to have just one they want to make sure they have two or is it just kind of arbitrary at that point or whatever the status is if children yes um you know i the more people, the more supply a narcissist can get, the better. Mm. So the more children they have that kind of focus on them and give them the attention and affection, the better. Um, if they have one child and they're a narcissistic parent, that child's either going to be the golden child or they're going to be the piece of shit that can't do anything right no matter what they do. I only love you if you're... 110 pounds. I only love you if you get straight A's. I only love you if you go into the exact career that I want you to go in. You're friends with the exact people that I want you to be friends with. 
Um, and you have the exact interest that I want you to have. And I could hear things like, you know, uh, you ruined this for me yes. in my time. So now I want you to do yes. that and totally living through mm -hmm. that, that child. And um, so when you when it is a multi-child family, uh, is there something that they just is that they flip a coin to kind of determine which one they are going to favor, which one they're going to pit against? Is it a constant rotation uh, of who they favor or yeah. is it? You know, how does that all work? It can work? be all of the above. So typically they will have a favorite child and it's known and because they don't hide it. So, you know, having more than one child, right? Like we love our kids the same, but we have different relationships with, with all of them. And what a narcissistic mom will do is she will make it known that she has a favorite child. She will brag about that child she will you know do things above and beyond for that child and she will let the non-favored child know that that's not their favorite child and will constantly compare constantly compare to the quote favorite child now should the favorite child one day piss mom off date somebody get married get a bad grade on an exam, say, you know what? I don't really think I want to go to med school. I think I want to be an artist. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Right? Um, then that only child's going to get punished. And one of the things that can very well happen is the favoritism switches because now you have, now you're the bad child because you are no longer an extension of me. You have betrayed me. I have done everything for you. I have ruined my life to have you. I gave up my life to have you, and this is how you repay me? Fuck you. I'm going to the other kid. Yeah. You see that all the time, and it's so confusing. And that's why you end up with siblings that have these massive divides between them because that's the environment they were raised in, and they all got these different experiences. Yeah, and and in that, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be an, a mass confusion too if, you know, I mean, is that a an environment where it's going to create another narcissist? It could, One, you know, has a high chance of. It could, yeah. it could, it could, it could. As we talked about before, it could be people pleasing. Nothing they ever did was good enough to get love, so they're constantly trying to fill this void by being as perfect as they possibly can and killing themselves in the process. Um, it could result in being the golden child, and therefore, no rules ever applied to me. Nothing I ever did was wrong. So you may see the narcissism develop from that. Um, or, you know, run-ins with the law. Like, the rules don't apply to me. I can do whatever the hell I want. There's no consequences. And what kind of consequences in the sibling dynamic does that create? Like, when there is, you know, let's just say, in your example, clear favorite, clear hater. Yeah. And when they're pitted, like, when they talk about their parents, I think that's a very hard conversation because, like you said, they're having completely different mm -hmm. experiences, and it doesn't really compute most of the time right so they're there as long as the and even if they're not around but the, the parents the narcissistic mom loves being the owner of information from the family so she'll know a bunch of stuff about the family but she'll selectively choose who she tells and what she tells so she can kind of orchestrate this whole thing and one of the benefits she gets of the divide between siblings is it allows her to continue to do that separating of information. So one child's getting one bit of information, the other one's getting another. They're not talking to each other about it because the mom is controlling and orchestrating and manipulating this whole scenario. Um, so you have one child, let's say, or adult child who says, 
I have no problems with mom. Like she was, she was great to me. And I don't know what you're talking about. And you, you know, you were always complaining. Cause remember mom's telling older sibling, let's say who's the favorite, you know, your brother. So annoying. your brother just once, once, once your brother's such a bad kid. I'm thank God you're not like him. Uh, yeah. Right. So the older sibling is getting fed this narrative to no fault of their own and grows up thinking I'm the good kid. They're the bad kid. Right. And so the bad kid sitting here, quote, bad kid, getting fed this narrative that they'll never be as good as their sibling. They'll never be they'll never match up. So why bother? And so then there's a lot of resentment. What both people don't realize is not only is none of that accurate, but it's a narrative that your mom, narcissistic personality disordered mom, told the two of you or three of you or four of you so that she can control the situation. If she controls the narrative, she can control the outcomes. She can control everybody and triangulate when she needs to. It's unbelievable. Isn't it? You know, it's just, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and what, are, are there any other signs of that happening, you know, that you can s- still kind of be aware of when it's, when it's, you know, pitting against one another there? Like, is there a, something you can try and recognize in that moment if you're hearing this conversation? Be like, oh, crap, I've, I've had those before. Yeah. What What's... What's the next step after that? Like, yeah. wow, I've been manipulated my whole life. Now what? Yeah. So so oftentimes when somebody has that awareness in a sibling relationship, that doesn't automatically mean the other sibling has the awareness. And, you know, and we'll talk about this in another episode, but that whole idea of when you start to gain awareness and shift your patterns, that doesn't mean the other people around you are shifting too. So if you become aware of this manipulation from your parents and you start to set boundaries... Now you have an entire dynamic that expected you to be the people pleaser. And now all of a sudden you're saying, wait, 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 wait a minute. I see what's going on here. And you stop people pleasing. Your sibling now is going to say, see, they suck. They are the bad kid. Look, they're saying no to do X, Y, and Z. Because what typically happens is the, is the, the child who is viewed as the favorite will always end up having to do the things that and that foster that favoritism, right? Like, you know, visiting visiting mom on the holidays when the other child is like, right. I'm not visiting her. She's horribly Why? abusive. What's the big deal? Correct. I do it all the time. Exactly. Yeah. Because they don't have that experience. So it, it, it perpetuates that divide of, you know, we talk about that all or nothing dichotomous thinking and personality disorders, that good child, bad child. And when you start to have that awareness, it's it's, it's more often not going to be the, the child that is the people pleaser that mm-hmm. is depressed and anxious and goes into therapy and starts to realize this stuff. Um, and the best thing they can do is continue with that awareness, set boundaries and work on that. There's absolutely nothing they can do to make somebody else become more aware. The only thing you can do is change your own patterns in the hopes that you knock them off balance so that they can start to see that things aren't lining up anymore and that makes complete sense and uh from that i guess if you are listening to this right now and you wanted some tester questions i'm like okay if my mom is a narcissist here's at least one or two questions that you could possibly ask now in the future whenever you are comfortable to be like okay she probably shouldn't have responded that way if she wasn't a narcissist is there anything that you could kind of like Kind of throw some bait out there, more or less, to see what kind of response you would get. Is she a boomer? Is she okay. a boomer? <laughs> Which Dr. Z just learned what that was. No, I know what a boomer is. I'm but just a new version of what I'm a just boomer not is, a boomer. Which we both are right but now. I just J- want to point John out. told yeah. me I'm a boomer. I'm not a boomer. Yeah. No, not by like the old standard. You are not a baby boomer. Not even nowhere close to it. But 
since we are who we are on this, like, you know, the Gen Z took over the language. We are now boomers. So anybody over 35 is a boomer. And uh, Who the hell said I'm over the, 35? I didn't. I just said anybody that was. So Whatever. <laughs> so, so questions that you could ask. What you want to do, and this is actually very similar to what I tell people to do who think they may be in the love bombing stage of a romantic relationship. See what happens. Again, always over text and email if you can. See what happens when you write back something that's a boundary, meaning you need to come over and help your father do blah, 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 blah. And usually you drop everything and you run because you don't want to disappoint them. You're scared they're going to get angry at you. You really just want to be that favorite child. And instead of saying yes and dropping everything, you say, you know what? I can't. I have a meeting. And watch what happens. And if the response is fiery or if it's short. So even if the response is fiery, it could also just be that they're not used to you not being a people pleaser. You just threw them off balance. Right. But that's the difference between a pattern that's been locked in place for so long and needing to get the status quo back because it's uncomfortable versus you just pissed a narcissist off. Mm -hmm. So if it's that you just pissed a narcissist off, that's going to be met with either a flat, silent treatment or it could be met with you're a horrible child. How could you do this? We, we, you know, we slaved our whole lives for you and we look what we did and we worked and we paid for everything and we did this, this and this. Just simply to say, no, I have a meeting. It's okay? a lot. Right. It's a lot so to say. If, if, the, just, if the response yeah. is disproportionate to what you said, then you got to take a step back. I'm not saying they're a narcissist. Again, it could be that you're locked into just a pattern that's been there forever. But if you get a response like that, that's something to be, I like to say, curious about. So then, and that's a perfect how you put that, because I would consider that, okay, let's strike one. Yep. What would be something, maybe not like to keep going back and forth yep. in, in that moment, but later on, what's another thing that you could ask mm-hmm. or set another boundary? You make a significant life decision without consulting them. A lot of people, pleasers who have narcissistic parents, overly controlling parents even, can't, they actually even have difficulty like picking out paint colors for their house for uh. fear of doing something wrong or maybe I'll pick the wrong color or what if my narcissistic mom who you don't know is narcissistic hates it and comes over and tells me oh my you know, god you gotta it's change this but not even yeah. like like my mom would come over and be like like Jamie this is th- what what do you, th- that's horrible <laughs> but there's a difference right between that and saying that's horrible you can't make decisions I can't believe you made this without me how dare you make this without me I am your parent I raised you I deserve more respect than this again there's a there's a really big difference between like Jamie your choice and colors suck versus yes, yes. like like you know hire someone to do this for you versus how dare you do this to me mm-hmm. there's a very big difference and so try not including them in a decision that is even it doesn't even have to be big it could be picking a paint color but a decision that you normally would include them in don't include them see what happens yeah and same thing too and i i would probably i don't know if you tell me if this is a bad idea or not i'd recommend if it's your partner if it's your best friend that you trust their judgment whatever it is just to kind of have them hear this if they are in yes. the room or have them at least read what they're doing. Yes. And one of the things, and I would love to get back to this at, at, at you know, any time, 
what you are starting to do now, which I think is great, is you are starting to post shit narcissists say. Literally. And I think that fits right in line with this is like a massive resource center of yes. call and response, more or less. Of yes. This is exactly what it looks like. It's been a big thing to that. think of ours yeah. th- this season, too. Just explain what what you're doing there, because yeah. I think that fits into this mold, and that would be very helpful yeah. as well. So, well, thank you, John Barcher. <laughs> welcome. So, <laughs> um, you know, I tried to use the Carly Simon song for that, the real one. Carly Simon. You're so vain. Oh, when I wow. did the real, and yeah, did right down, right? They told me it was blocked in every country. Mm-hmm. I was like, really? Dude? <laughs> it was on. It's on Instagram. Whatever. Anyway, so I changed it. But so I posted a reel on Instagram on my page, um, dr. Period z underscore psychologist because Dr. Z psychologist was taken. <laughs> Dr. Period. Z underscore psychologist. Fix that. By I the can't. Way. It, it won't let. It won't let me. You want to know why? Send I won't? some suggestions. Wait. Do you want to know why it won't let me? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm verified. Ah. <laughs> well, that all in all important blue check mark. Correct. You can't mess with that. Correct. So yes. <laughs> So ridiculous, it is, isn't it? it is so ridiculous. currency it that I still so don't ridiculous. understand, so and ridiculous. I have one too, and I'm I don't care. You do yeah. on the Twitter. You know, See, so. Twitter won't verify me. Well, you gotta, gotta should have been there in 2013. I. But that's why you're a boomer, and I'm not. Yeah, totally. That's why I'm a boomer, and you are not because you're verified on Instagram, <laughs> and I am not. Uh, <laughs> but regardless of all that. Uh, what, what, oh, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, so, what sorry, can yes, people do if they're... Yes. Uh, yeah. So on Instagram, there is a reel that I posted today, and it's shit narcissists say. And what I've started asking people to do is there's a specific email, SNS, shit narcissists say, SNS at drjamiezuckerman.com, asking people to send me screenshots, de-identified screenshots of text conversations that you've had with people, emails that you've had with them, just statements that you've been these one-liner zingers that you've had from narcissists now that you're on the other side of things and you're objective and you realize they're a narcissist um, and send them to me. And I posted this this morning. I already have like a hundred emails of just these text conversations and statements that narcissists will say. And the reason why I'm doing it isn't even just because it's the, the absurdity of some of these statements. It's because one of the most validating things that I think we've realized and the messages that we've gotten from doing the podcast and working with people for years on this is in addition to hearing our podcast and, and like saying, oh my God, they, they just described my life. Hearing stories from other survivors yes. who have gone through this type of coercive, narcissistic abuse and finally realizing that not only are they not alone, but the predictability and the playbook of narcissistic behavior is so specific. It's so predictable once you see it. There's a distinct playbook. There's a distinct blueprint. And when you see these statements from random people you know nothing about from in another country, mm-hmm. from across the world, the same exact type of manipulative statements. And you read this going, oh, my God, yes. Yes. I yeah, you know, and, and and your head starts exploding and you realize, wow. Okay, so this wasn't me. I had nothing to do with this. This is the them thing. And even though you're still dealing with the, you know, the fallout of this and it's still traumatizing and I'm not minimizing that in any way by saying you're going to look at the statement and be like, "Oh yeah," and laugh at it. What people realize is that there's there's this there's this 
objectivity that happens and this empowerment that happens when you realize, oh my God, I'm not alone. This is actually a thing. It's not a me thing. It's a thing outside of me and it will happen no matter who they're with. Um, and so that's why I started doing it because I keep getting these messages and I can't share it with people because it's, it's private, but anything you send me remains confidential, but I think it's really going to help people say like, Oh my God, I got that too. Yeah. Cause just like all the things that you just described in what we're supposed to kind of throw out there as bait in a conversation, like, yes, like to compare and contrast messages across. I mean, I know I said it in, in season one, like, Hey, we should make a Dr. Z bingo card kind of mm -hmm. in like. Oh, that'll never happen. But this is kind of yeah. that same concept, right. which is so in your voice. And that's why I love it. Absolutely. And that's SNS at Dr. Jamie Zuckerman dot com. SNS at Dr. Jamie Zuckerman dot com. Shit narcissists say. Yes. And uh, keep that going because like, we would love to have a um, an entire volume chapter, yes. audio, video, like yes. whatever it is, yep. just to just to kind of um, uh, bring like as awareness a resource, to it. Yeah. As a resource for people in the most bizarre way. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> it, it has to, and it, that's one of the things that I just, why, and I know we've talked this season at length too, especially when we started in the in the courtrooms, which is a fantastic conversation, mm -hmm. but like, why is this so unknown? Why is this, because there's, yeah. I'm, I am the same way. I am incredibly humbled by any message that gets sent to you to say like, thank you, mm -hmm. you changed the direction of mm -hmm. where I needed to go. It's humbling as hell. Mm -hmm. It's overwhelming. But why, why, you know, sometimes I just, and you do this too. I'm just, we, we go like, well, why, why is it from our conversation? Yeah. Sometimes Correct. like, why isn't this like, why us? a known yes. thing, you yes. know? And I can't say otherwise because I don't know half of these things either. So why is this not known? I, I think it's a couple of reasons. One, I think that, I think prior to the pandemic and prior to, you know, people, therapists kind of blowing up on Instagram and social media in general during that time. Mm -hmm. um, no, it wasn't really talked about. It just wasn't, it was there, but people thought of narcissists as people who were selfish and only cared about themselves. And like, you can be selfish and only care about yourself and not be a narcissist, right? Like I'm an only child. I literally will walk into my house, throw my shoes in the middle of the floor as if nobody else lives there. The most selfish, ridiculous people trip over them. I just wa walk right by. I don't even pay attention to. It. Does that mean I'm a? I, mean, I hope I'm not a narcissist. But does that mean <laughs> no. I'm a narcissist? No, way, I'm no. just I'm just used to like my whole life just coming in my house and just throwing my crap in the floor because no one was there. It didn't matter. So those are patterns, right? And I have to work really hard to remember. Like shoes go in the shoe bed. Towel goes not on the bed. Goes on here, and it's a constant struggle. It really is. And it's and 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 I try so hard. I think it, the reason why. I think people don't real. I, I think because they had the misconception of what narcissism was, that somebody's selfish mm -hmm. and only cares about themselves, right? Which is not, now that we know what narcissism is, is like, it, yeah, it's part of it, but like it is so not even remotely close to what it is. And because of that, I think people didn't know. And so when the abuse and coercive abuse is happening, it's it's like a trickle of, of like a faucet. And you don't realize it's happening till the sink is filled and overflowing. Mm. Nobody knew. If you think of the trickles as red, red flags, nobody knew what those were. And so by the time these red flags, you know, culminate over a year, two years, 10 years, and the sink's filled and it's overflowing, now you know because you're drowning. But now I think people are starting to talk about the red flags earlier. 
So I think it's easier to, to spot now. And so I think people are able to be more aware of it in retrospect and look at it. Um, yeah, and I, I think also there's a, so much shame and confusion and guilt confusion. and gaslighting. So you don't even know if what you're saying is overreacting. Like, I, I mean, I talked about this before. I have a very close person to me who, um, let me tell you, I mean, to this day, even after the fact, there's things that happen and, th- and they're like, uh, wait, and I, and I look at them and I'm like, you don't even see that, do you? Wow. Like, mm-hmm. even after understanding and having all this awareness there's still things that just go right over her head not because she's oblivious but because the condition the can it's yeah. she's so conditioned that you know and so um i just think even when you know the most about it you still don't even know because it's still mm-hmm. so hard to recognize so that i think that's why but i think now people are just recognizing it so much more it's talked about and with with a lot less shame. I think the bigger thing too though is the confusion part. That's what I was saying. I got sidetracked. The confusion part, doubting your reality because you've been gaslit for so many years, thinking that it's not as bad as you're making it out to be, thinking you're crazy that that didn't happen. Like here you give a narcissist like, this is a picture of you like doing drugs last night in my mom's house stealing her money. Here's a video of you. That's not me. You're crazy. I was out with the guys last night. Like, don't you remember we had this conversation? And you're like, what? No, it's you. Wait, what? Like, what? And so you get to the point when you have that over time, people are listening and probably like, uh, no, it's you. It's a video. Wait, we know that. Right. But when you're gaslit for that many years, it's so confusing. And you believe the narcissist. And so a lot of times people don't even realize it's happening because they're so brainwashed mm-hmm. and it's not their fault. Well, and that's a that's another, I think, good thing to do in terms of a, a boundary and I've seen this happen before too is just when you call out that parents uh, you know and uh, uh, what's that word I'm looking for <laughs> hypocrisy that's what I'm looking for yeah. uh, I think that's an immediate thing too especially if they're you know absolutely killing you for something that has you've seen them done a million yeah. times you know and if you call that out uh, ten- tendencies are like that's a, that's another right fits right into that That's mold right. more or less. And once you realize the 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 signs and you're aware of it, like we always say, once you see it, you can't unsee it. And actually, exactly. that reminds me of a really good topic ah. for another time. <laughs> I'm going to say this so everyone holds me accountable to this. Yes. What should we do with that? Once you are out of a narcissistic abusive relationship, whether it's parents and you have the awareness as an adult or your romantic relationships, how do you know? Because now you see it everywhere. Mm-hmm. And you'll hear people say often, now I see it everywhere. How do I know if it's really manipulation or if it's normal or am I overthinking it? And so because you just come out of it thinking you see it everywhere. And that that goes into that difference between somebody being manipulative because they learned it versus manipulative because there's a motive and they're doing it for a reason because they're a narcissist and they want to have control and access of you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, we definitely need to dive yeah. into that. Uh, and, yeah, definitely make us accountable. And shout out your uh, Instagram again because I'm going to forget it too. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Blue Check, if you, if you know. Boomer Zuckerman. Yeah, Boomer Zuckerman. Zuckerman. <laughs> At Boomer Zuckerman. At Boomer Zuckerman. I mean, we should probably, yeah, if, if you didn't lose your Blue Check mark, that's what I would vote. So. Uh, <laughs> Boomer Z. There Boomer you go. Z. Um, it's DR period Z underscore psychologist. So if you just put in Dr. Z psychologist, it'll show up. Yes. With the punctuations yeah. included. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, and I, you know, we we didn't really touch on on dads or anything too. So I think that's good to reinforce uh, somewhere along the line down the season. I just. Yep. thought it was uh, important well, to kind of get that up there, too. Because yeah. because a lot of times we get, you know, well, women are narcissists, too, because we tend to talk about men a lot. So yeah. so I think it's actually, yes, women are narcissists. And it looks and sounds yeah. exactly like, you know, uh, Dr. Z was describing there. And like like we said, just another reminder again, uh, SNS at drjamiezuckerman.com mm-hmm. is where you can send, uh, you know, all of those Send shit, away. The shit that narcissists are saying. Yes. And um, I think that would be good to evaluate because, you know, like we've said before, too, there are some times where the response is sounds if, looks as if, yep. but sometimes is not. Exactly. And that's, that's good, too, to kind of reference. And I will say this, and I'll leave it for when we, like, reveal all this stuff on, yeah. in an episode down the road, but just from reading a handful of these so far... The similarities in them, just for me picking like ten, and I mm-hmm. and I will, I promise you guys, I will, I really will read all of them. Um, they're just variations of the same thing, yeah. and it's fascinating. And I think you guys will find it fascinating, not to minimize anyone's experiences, but it's just, it's, it's, it's a, it's a playbook. No, in fact, I don't, I don't think it's minimizing anything. In fact, it's just making it more. Ah, there's yes. way more other people that deal with this stuff, and thank goodness there's a resource yep. for it. And, that's why we thank you, Dr. Z. We appreciate your time as always. Thank you, John Barcher. <laughs> she gets so serious when I say that. I don't know when. <laughs> uh, and um, yes, uh, we will see you for another session. And uh, go to drjamiezuckerman.com. Uh, make sure you're subscribing to the podcast, the YouTube. Yes. And you know, we've got, uh, we're have got we working on some things behind the scenes. We'll tell you about some. No, I'm kidding. Some yeah, good we, stuff are. we are. Too. Good things. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.